Retirement is a unique journey for each of us. The thought that there is a one-size-fits-all solution is a myth. But what if we told you there are certain universal retirement truths that can guide every retiree? Matt and I are going to talk about that this week here on Mondays with Matt. Welcome to Mondays with Matt with Matt Starkey. Start each week fresh with sound financial advice. Grab your coffee and maybe a pen. It's time to kick off your week with Matt. Hey, everybody. Welcome into this edition of Mondays with Matt, with Matt Starkey and myself once again to talk investing, finance, and retirement. And we've got 10 universal retirement truths we're going to go through over the next two podcasts. So we're going to do five this week, and then we'll do five again in uh, two weeks for our second episode. We do these uh, twice a month. So if you have not yet subscribed, consider subscribing to the podcast on Apple, Google, or Spotify. Just type in Mondays with Matt in the search box or stop by Matt's website, greatlakesretirementsolutions.com slash podcast if you want to go right to that page, or just go to Great Lakes Retirement Solutions. Dot com. So let's get into some universal retirement truths with Matt. What's going on, buddy? How are you this week? Hi, Mark. I'm doing very well this week. Just uh, living the dream here. It's been a little bit of a busy season for us here. Um, we had some changes with investments. Uh, TD Ameritrade got acquired by Charles Schwab. And, mm-hmm. and so um, we've got a lot of clients that uh, were affected by that, but um, it's been a very smooth process. So we're happy about that. Um, but it's just uh, Got a little busyness surrounding that, and uh, it's good. It's good busy, but um, we're doing good. That's very good. And we are into October now, so fall is upon us. The weather is going to start getting a little crisp which is good. I look I always like the the fall air. So mm-hmm. it's that uh, that time. Yeah, fall is one of my favorite times in Michigan and it's just so pleasant in so many ways, but yeah. uh, obviously one of the most noticeable is the changing of the leaves and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. as the season changes, we get to see lots of brilliant colors and and uh, you know, so if you're out in Michigan right around this time, it's a great time to not forget to take that color tour up north or, yeah, or maybe uh, yeah. drive through the tunnel of trees uh um oh, yeah, definitely stop and that. get your yeah. your pumpkins and your I was gonna say bales it's, of straw it's, and it's your corn time. stalks and yeah. and your pumpkin spice lattes <laughs> oh geez it's pumpkin spice everything now but uh yeah but definitely great time of year so certainly enjoy and and you know what hey that's a universal truth right there right in fall we got the october we got the the foliage and the color changes and it's a it's something we a lot of us look forward to every year and that's kind of a universal thing that happens uh, all the time to all of us but so let's talk about that from a financial standpoint Matt like i said we've got five we're going to go through this week then we'll go five on the next podcast uh because everybody's situation is truly uniquely different, but there are still the bigger items that do affect us all. We're all going to be uh, affected by longevity. Well, hopefully we're going to be affected by a long life. We're all going to be affected by social security or taxation, things of that nature. But it's how you deal with each one of those that's going to be the individual puzzle. So let's jump in and start with things. First one, everybody needs an income plan, right? You got to have money coming in in retirement. Uh, You still need a paycheck, so to speak. It's just that you're no longer working. Absolutely. So retirement and uh, how to get there is all about the cash flow. It's all about how do we transition from going to work every day for our living and bringing home a paycheck to now we have invested some money, we've done some smart smart planning, and now we kind of flip the switch and we have income. Where does that income come from? In, in a lot of cases, um, people utilize Social Security benefits as part of their retirement income. It makes sense, too, because it is there for 
each person that has put into the system. A lot of times it's not enough to really continue on your lifestyle, however. Uh, so an income plan, you, we start your whole financial plan with how much income do we need? We're, what are our sources? So if we can estimate what our social security is way back when we're starting the financial planning process, then we kind of plan around that mm-hmm. when that kicks in. Another big one is, do I do I work for a company or a union that offers me a pension plan? If you're one of the lucky people that still has a, a pension plan and social security, um, right, right. you should be feeling very uh, happy and secure right now because those pensions are awesome. Um, you, you work for the company, they've put away for you all those years based on your hours and years of service. Um, a lot of times the public school teachers are a part of that. Or if you worked for the local companies, Dow or General Motors, you've, you've, you've established pensions there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that's a changing environment. Um, so there's many of you that may not have that. And then other sources of income are maybe you have business income or maybe you have real estate income. Um, and then we want to plan and say, how much do we have to take off of our investments to supplement to get you where that yeah, fix, fix the shortfall. So right, yeah. income planning is so important in retirement. It's really the foundational piece. And then we have different types of income that's taxable or non-taxable if we want to use different types of vehicles. And then we have to calculate because if we have enough taxable income, that can cause tax on our social security payments and other things. So yep. uh, and everybody does need an income plan. That's really uh, where we start planning for retirement. And um, so if if you haven't established something right now to determine what kind of income you need, let's back up a step and say, let's put together a plan right now. And we'll base it on today's numbers of what you're earning. And then we'll look into the future to find out where our income is going to come from. And that's really how we solve to find out how much we need to be investing also by the month. Okay. All right. So number one, everybody needs an income plan. Number two, we everybody needs to address long-term care issues. And this one gets missed a lot or just avoided because it's scary and it's expensive. And people are like, oh, I don't want to deal with it. It's not going to happen to me or whatever the case is. But you really need to talk, at least address uh, the possibility of long-term care issues because it's happening more and more to folks. Yeah, Mark, that's an absolute truth. Um, you know, this is this is one of those other retirement universal truths that um, the longer we live, you know, modern medicine has given us yeah. uh, a, an extension on our years in a lot of cases. Yeah, the, big, um, people, the bigger the chance you're going to live longer than yeah. they used to just because we have fixes for some of those things like the heart disease and and um, these life-saving operations in, in many instances. Yeah, the greater the chance you're going to you know, be around. It was, what, two out of every three people now have some form of long-term care event? Still could be a short duration, but two out of every three, Matt, there's two people on this podcast right now, right? There's a good chance it's one of the two of us. <laughs> That's right. One of us is going to likely need, uh, statistically, long, need some type of long-term care. So long-term care is um, one of those uh, – it's a little bit of a fuzzy term, but we all have probably known somebody that's been in an assisted living home. So you, you, because of your health or because of uh, an illness, you can't, you can't perform all the activities of daily living like you used to, like even preparing meals for yourself, or maybe it's bathing or, or um, maybe it's getting dressed in the day or transferring from one room to the other. And life becomes hard as you get older sometimes um, if you if you're struggling with your health and so that's what we mean by long-term care there's some assistance is is needed and uh, you know it, it's sad to, to watch this slow progression go go on and everybody wants quality of life during retirement but this is something that you just really need to pay attention to and we you need to address it um, I find a lot of people 
are okay just taking the risk and and you know if they're married they have a partner that can potentially help with some of these areas but if you've got enough assets then that should put you at peace of mind to say okay i can afford to have some care if i need it but if you didn't do the best job saving and investing for retirement then we might want to consider some insurance to cover those needs um or maybe we did our best and you know um if if your total retirement savings is in that Four to six hundred thousand dollar range um, for assets, and that's taxable. Let's say it's IRA money. Uh, you, you're you're in that danger zone if you're a married couple, because if one of you goes in, your average stay is three three and a half years. If we need long term care, if we need full nursing for three or four years, that could be three to four hundred thousand, and that'll put a huge dent in the nest egg. So that's just a, a ballpark of where we're at here in 2023. But um, if definitely need a need to plan for some issues. And make sure that we have uh, savings and investments to care for that. Maybe sure we have some emergency funds. And then obviously back to number one, make sure we have the cash flow to support. There you go. Uh, if we do have needs that that need a- additional income, that we've taken care of that section of planning. Yep, definitely. Okay. So again, you got to start talking about the long-term care issue. We really got to address that. More and more people um, you know, are starting to wake up to that idea, but we need to do a better job of that because it is something that's truly really going to become a, a bigger issue the longer, you know, they're talking about, you know, we're going to get to where people are living to be 110 and 20 on the regular, uh, and you're going to have to address long-term care issues. So number three, nobody can consistently time the stock market successfully. Uh, again, you might get lucky here and there, but successfully, routinely, just not a thing. So have a plan and have money in the market, obviously, to outpace inflation, but don't try to hit that home run ball. Yeah, um, this is a, an interesting one to talk about. So timing the market, you know, research has done, statistics show that timing the market actually accounts for about 2% of your overall long-term rate of return. You know, timing the market just isn't, nobody can pick well enough, consistently enough that they're going to time the market perfectly and really get rich or avoid loss to the T. You just can't do it. So take 2020 for an example, you know, um, we saw a 30% market decline in, in about three and a half weeks. Like if you could have predicted that you would be ultra wealthy and, and the people that, you know, sell newsletters and get rich because they tell you they can predict it. They're lying. Um, they, they, they really can't. Uh, a lot of them want you to sell your equities and buy their little products, whether that's gold or silver, or just even a newsletter that, tells you that they can really time the market. They yeah, can, yeah, they Matt, they um, usually have that little thing at the bottom. They're like, our firm successfully did this, 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 and this. And at the bottom, it goes, past performance does not indicate future. <laughs> right? Yeah, they always yes. have the little disclaimer. Not so. only that, but, um, you know, if they could really time the market, let's 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 see what they can do. It's like fortune tellers, you know, give me the winning lotto numbers, well, please. And if you're like, uh, if you were so good at it, like you could do it all the time, like I would be keeping that information close to my chest anyway. I'd just be doing it. I'd be making myself, you know, make it uber rich, right? That's uh, the other question is if you could consistently predictably do it, why would you tell anybody? Yeah, I'd be Warren just... Buffett times 10, you know? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's a big thing. Um, timing the market just doesn't work. And anybody that tells you that, hey, I did it just right, you know, they had a lot of stuff that they didn't tell you about. There's a lot of losses. There's a lot of underperformance that they had in order to capitalize on one great investment. I talk to a, a family member who's, you know, yeah, you know, I got out at the right time or whatever. And it's like, but you put your money in cash and you lacked all of the growth of, of the portfolio that sat in the market. Um, I had this happen with a husband, wife client where one of them got scared, pulled the money out, you know, 
six months to a year later, I was comparing their performance and they were, you know, dismal about their performance, but their spouse stayed invested the whole time. And their spouse was up like, uh, I guess it was in the neighborhood of 8%. And they were down, they actually lost money um, because they were in safe, the safe money, right? Mm -hmm. When, but Fed was raising interest rates. So bond prices actually went down. And because they moved to a more conservative portfolio, their bond values were actually going down mm. fast. And, and their spouse, who stayed invested in equities, they were up 8%. So the proof was in the pudding and trying to time the market didn't work for this investor. And they put their money back in. Gotcha. <laughs> Bottom gotcha. line. Okay. You got to stay in the market. You got to stay diversified because we don't know what category is going to spike next. And you want to own the broad diversification so you can capture all the market returns. But don't try to time it. Yeah, you gotta have, you gotta outpace inflation. You gotta have some money's in there for sure, anyway. But you also want to have some safe and safe money and protected money for your retirement journey too. So a good proper balance there. All right, number four, uh, Matt. If we all had a little stamp on us like a like a carton of milk that said best used by or when it to when it's going to expire, it'd be make your job really easy. But since we don't know how long we're going to live, we need to make sure that we're strategizing for longevity. Uh, we've talked about it a million times. My family history and my own personal health tells me I'm not going to probably live that long uh, as maybe, uh, you know, my, my wife might, but in case I'm wrong, I'm still planning financially to be okay, you know, to be in my 90s, even if I feel personally like I might not live much past my 70s, right? You can have a feeling about things and you can even have some genetic data and so on and so forth, but plan smartly. Plan to be around until you're 100 in case you're wrong. That's right. It's an absolute uh, universal truth that nobody knows how long exactly they're going to live. I believe some people cut their lives short even by their own beliefs, say, I'm going to die of this or I'm going to die young. And that's, that's and you keep telling that's yourself that. Yeah, and that's I think a great point. You, you, you know, kind of manifest that into your situation. But, yeah, great point. Um, when, yeah, when it, comes to, uh, when it comes to the longevity, I'll use mom and dad for my example, right? My mom and dad, um, dad was involved in financial planning a lot of years ago. They put together some plans. Guess what? You're supposed to grow old together, but my dad died in 2010 at age 66. And it's been over a decade, you know, since, since then I won't give away mom's age, but, um, the plans were changed. We didn't live both till we both collected social security and we didn't live long enough to, you know, hit, hit all of these milestones necessarily. And life throws curveballs at you. So mom's still living past, uh, you know, and the, the age, not past the age that they plan, but, um, you're, you're right. You got a plan to live to 95 or a hundred, uh, make sure that our assets are going to last. Again, we don't know. We might check out a little bit early, so we want to make sure that we plan for that. Uh, yep. When it comes to retirement, I'm very concerned about couples who are used to living on two Social Security checks or two pensions. And if one of them goes away, you know, very seldom when we're planning do people take on the seriousness of, hey, I'm losing a Social Security check. And if you take a straight life pension, you lose a pension check. Having a spousal benefit is so, so important or even potentially having, if you don't have enough investments, you you may want to hang on to life insurance through retirement. So you have something permanent for that surviving spouse. And it, it, those are some really important things. But again, universal truth, no one knows how long we're going to live. Um, so we plan for the long term. And if things happen shorter, well, you want to make sure that you have a good estate plan so your beneficiaries can benefit from all the planning that you've done. Absolutely. All right, let's do our fifth one here for the first half of this podcast on some universal retirement truths. 
Uh, these things will affect just about all of us, uh, but we also need to deal with them on the individual basis because everybody's situation is different. And this final one right now is money sitting in cash. Number five, uh, it's not keeping up with inflation. And while we are in you know some better shape from a uh, CD standpoint and things of that nature than we have been in the past because of what's happened over the last year, 18 months, it's not going to stick around. And historically, if you look at it truly and realistically, historically, it never, sitting in cash never keeps up with inflation. Even when it was, you know, 12% at a CD or something like that, it was never keeping up with inflation. So it's, you got to have the money in cash. You got to have some safe money, that emergency money, right? But just thinking about, thinking about it, Matt, as this vehicle that's somehow going to magically fund your retirement by using a money market or a CD is just not, it's not realistic. Yeah, Mark. Um, and let me let me just kind of give you a, a, a just a hopefully it's an easy example. But if you let's say you have a hundred dollars in savings account that's earning one percent interest, at the end of the year you got one hundred and one dollars. But if inflation's running along at three percent interest, you would need to have in one year one hundred and three dollars to have the same buying power that you had a year ago. And so the savings at one percent is not keeping up with inflation at three percent. Now. We've all experienced inflation at a much higher rate in the last year, right? It got up to like 9%. And as you mentioned, inflation is one of those things. I I think we can talk in general terms because the consumer price index is what measures inflation. They track prices of consumer goods. But certain of us have higher inflation rate than 9% because of what we use, because of what we consume. So if your goods and services doubled in price, that's a you know that's a hundred percent you know on that particular item. And when we blend that with everything else, we could be paying 20 percent inflation in, in our own categories. But as a general rule, I mean, yeah, inflation was up to upwards of nine percent last year. If we go to cash and we're scared of the market and we liquidate and we just put everything in cash, great. But if or even a fixed interest vehicle. If we put all of our money there, just know that you're going to lag behind what the stock market performance historically is. And although you're scared and although you're looking for this as my safety factor, if inflation continues on this pace and you're earning 5% and inflation tracks along at 9 to 13%, mm-hmm. uh, all of a sudden that 5% is pretty sickening. And if you're locked in, you got to be careful. You don't want to do that with all your money. Yeah. You, you, you really need to stay invested in equities because equities have always outpaced inflation by at least 4%, if not more. And um, so you, this is a very real concern. Although our money may not go away, the purchasing power of our money goes away if we don't oh, yeah, earn for sure. enough return to keep it keep pace and outpace inflation. There, there's an old uh, story. There's an old interesting story about a guy who had put a hundred thousand dollars over time in the back of an old TV set in his house. It just, it sat there and he had another newer TV sitting on top of it. one of those big old giant, you know, massive TV sets that had the speakers and everything built into uh-huh. it, those floor units. And, uh, and then about 20 years later, he, his kids were helping him go through some things and they, they, he's like, Oh yeah, I've got all this money in there. And they pulled it out and he was like, boy, a hundred thousand dollars. They were going to, he was going to buy all this new stuff to update his home. And he's like, well, it doesn't go as far as it did when I put it in there. Right. You know, it's like, oh well, yeah, <laughs> 20 years later, $100,000 isn't exactly what it was. The purchasing power is not the same as it was 100 or 20 years ago, right? Absolutely. So, Absolutely not. And then you can look at any, take any, uh, you know, over the over the counter item or goods and services that you're, you're used to buying. Take energy, take the price of oil, take uh, any of these things. And uh, yeah, we can definitely see 
that these things marginally they'll go up and down, but um, if you're not earning enough interest, you know banks don't pay that yeah. much interest. Um, you got to really shop around yeah. if you're if you're shopping fixed income vehicles, and you got to be constantly changing. Now, is that worth the headache of knowing? And right, even when right. you're doing that, you're Great not point. keeping up with inflation. Yeah, so Great definitely, point. if you're not using an advisor on any any one of these five items, um, definitely give us a call. If you are using us, um, but you have more concerns based on some of the things we talked about today, get, you know, might be time to just do a quick review. Yeah. But yeah, we we got to outpace inflation, folks, or that runs the number one risk that everybody's afraid of in retirement. That's running out of money because your your money's not keeping up with the price of goods and services. Absolutely. All right. So there's the first five of our universal retirement truths. If you got some questions about any of those five and how it relates to your situation, whether you're working with Matt or not, get it onto the calendar and have a conversation. Visit him online at greatlakesretirementsolutions.com. That's greatlakesretirementsolutions.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast Mondays with Matt on Apple, Google, or Spotify. And that way you can tune into the second episode, the second part of this, which we'll do in just a couple of week. So we'll see you next time right here on Mondays with Matt. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.